0: Hello, gracefully chosen community, and welcome to Fostered My Story, an achievement focused podcast for foster adoption and orphan communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on this cast episode, for today, yes, I say cast us so. <laughs> I want to share my interview with another community guest, Ginger Bird, a guest who has a big heart for the foster and adoption community. I look forward to sharing her testimony. So let's get right into it. Welcome again to foster my stories. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate. So excited to be here with our guest, Ginger Bird, expounding on how her and her family got started in foster care and our adoption. But I'm gonna let her tell it from her. And Ginger could you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got started with your family?
1: Sure. So, my husband and I got married when we were pretty young. I was 20 and he was 21, and about 5 years later we started having a traditional family. So, we had a son and two daughters biologically. And at that point, we both felt that we were called to foster with the possibility of adopting. So, we went through the foster Care classes, you know, getting all the training, getting our house certified, you know, all of that stuff. And we put in our paperwork and within a week we had a sibling group re we with three kids to sick kids pretty much overnight. That was kind of the beginning of our foster care journey. And since then we've fostered six different kiddos over about seven years. We've ended up adopting two of them out of foster care. Uh, so now we're a family of seven and we're taking a little bit of break from foster care just to to help meet the needs of our two adopted kiddos. They have come from some trauma so they have some special need that needs a little bit extra time and love and support. So that's kind of where we're at now.
0: That is amazing and of course a testimony. Basically I heard you say that you went through the classes and the training. Here in South Carolina there is the South Carolina Foster Parent Association. What was the name of the organization that trained you and your husband?
1: So we went through an organization called St. Francis. We have classes that are called MAPS classes Anyone in the state of Kansas that wants to become foster parents goes through the same MAP program. So it's 10 weeks, about it's two or three hours a week. It's one night a week or 10 weeks. So it's a pretty big commitment, which is good. I mean, I think you need to really know what you're getting into before you you know, jump into that. It's
0: amazing to hear you're saying that week after your training, your sessions, you and your husband was able to take in a family. So I believe that they definitely saw in you and your husband a loving home and potential placement and hear how from there over time, your family grew, went from siblings to six, and then some adopted. And just that journey you mentioned about if there was unlimited time and resources, just really having more loving homes and people who are grounded in really answering the call. It's really the call. And I know you mentioned how you and your husband, y'all answered the call. You know, it has to be really a mutual thing. You may not have at first been on board with it and then came back together, and it was like a unified understanding. And and that's words of wisdom there, we're just saying how it just has to be a unified effort. We hear such so much the negative instead of the fact that this is a real situation, the lives in your hands, and you have to just really open your heart and your home and yourself. And for the listeners who don't know, can you also tell them a little bit about your background as a teacher and how that paired mm-hmm. with being able to care for the years in your home?
1: My job is a full-time high school math teacher, and I thankfully work in a district that does a lot of trauma training. Like in services and stuff like that, which I feel like has really helped me as I just kind of live in life out with these kids. And it also, you know, helps me understand just how to interact with kids that aren't my own because I do it all the time. So you realize kind of where other kids come from sometimes where I think it was probably a little bit more of a shock to my husband because, you know, he works as an engineer. So he doesn't have that same interaction with children, you know, even though mine are, you know, high school age that I interact with and we've never fostered a high school age child it's still that same idea of knowing how, how to interact with kids that aren't your own and don't know your expectations and don't, you know, don't always just fall in line like, you know, your own kid kind of do, though.
0: So. Yes, that's very good to hear that there's trainings like that as well. I would highly recommend that to anyone, once again, looking into adoption and foster care. To also mm-hmm. consider taking those extra trainings for care because, mm-hmm. once again, you're taking on their situations, their backgrounds, and they may not be able to always express themselves in a right way or appropriate way way or they may just need a love more so than just rehashing or living their past which what ginger said would be trauma a home that you know individual a couple can really relate have the patience for because when you're dealing with trauma so many different levels there's uh regular mm-hmm. foster homes that tend to be like respite care temporary and then you'll have therapeutic that goes more into like a medical needs and different traumas like ginger was saying so you have a variation and you would have to know what it is that you and your family would be inclined to work with. Awesome to hear that you are a math teacher. Has there been any moments for you that you recognize there's some kids extra encouragement in their academic?
1: Yeah in fact one of my biggest goals every year is to not just teach the math but to teach the kids confidence in their own abilities. A lot of them come into my class with this mindset like I can't learn math I'm stupid um, and some of them have honestly been told that by past math teachers mm-hmm. which breaks my heart because I don't yes. I don't get I mean all it I'll tell a student, oh wow, it looks like you're struggling, and let's work on it. But like, it can never be about like you just can't do this, because that just breaks them down. So, mm-hmm. and I do tutoring. I don't right now, but before I started fostering, when I had a little bit more time, I would a tutor, and that was usually more than them needing to learn the concept. It was more they just needed to believe that they could do it. And so, I feel like that's a huge part of being just a teacher in that field is just to be like, you can do this.
0: Well, I was on call substitute for K five a while back, and like your experiences, I've had. Children. I'll be helping in a math class, mostly time open the remedial classes, and they actually would say out their mouths, "I'm dumb, I can't do this." And I would say, "Someone told you that, but no, you can do this. You got this." Just that shifting of encouragement from my perspective has actually helped them try harder and know that, okay, mm-hmm. I got these words and what we say and how we present. So I'm pretty sure your students highly appreciate you taking the time with them. Great to talk to an instructor. I know how that plays and compliments. Really, your role as a mother, as a parent, and especially dealing with Use them with trauma you're able to meet them right where they are which is needed a lot of times other than teaching and definitely opening your home and your, are there any other projects you're working on or is there any other activities in the work that you want the listeners to know about
1: yeah so I'm actually currently publishing a children's book um, that I wrote about my kids journey through foster care and adoption it should get here like they're printed and they're shipping and I should get it in the next week or two and I am so excited I got my proof and so I have my one book and and I'm enjoying that. And um, so yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And I've actually been working with my oldest adopted daughter, she's 13. And um, we're writing another book in the series. And it's based on her story. Uh, My first book is written from the viewpoint of my oldest biological son, and just his perspective on foster care and adoption and how hard it was when the kids would leave. And you know, just that just, you know, all my kids just loved the kids all out as soon as they came in. And so just seeing that from his perspective. I wanted to kind of share that. But then the second one is written about um, my oldest adopted daughter's story. And she was a huge part of it because I wanted her to have control of what part of her story was shared and how it was shared because I think it's really important. Um, And so she helped me with deciding what to put in there. And then I did the writing and then that hopefully in the next year or so, um, once we kind of get this first book and see how that's going, we'll get that one out there. So I'm really excited about that.
0: I'm excited to hear about that. One, you really hit major points from three different perspectives you are expounding on the testimony from a foster parent but also a parent and you have your son who's also expounding as a brother and just his viewpoint and then you have Dr. Child who is telling it from their perspective so to really see and hear the testimonies from those different angles I believe it's going to do really well could you please tell the listeners the title of the book you're waiting on
1: yeah so it's called my patchwork family and I do have a website if you want to check it out I have- have um, a video that shows some of the pages, so you can kind of get a preview and see what it looks like, and see the amazing artwork that my illustrator did. And so it's just mypatchworkfamilybook.com. I also have an email, so I would love to hear from you guys. I love connecting with other people that are just involved with foster care adoption, or like you said, orphan care in any way. And that's just at gmail.com And I check that regularly, so I would love it um, if you reached out to me and let me know, you know, if I can support you or anything. I know sometimes it's good just to ask someone who's been yeah. in the trenches. And, yes. um, and you know, it's really important to ask people that are going to be positive and not just yes. tell you all the things that were hard because yes. foster care is hard, you know, but yeah. it's also rewarding and it's, yes. so you need someone that's going to encourage you um, and not just tell you all the bad things that might happen. So yeah,
0: that's true. Well, once again, listeners, if you're just joining, this is Foster My Stories. I'm here with Ginger Bird, and she's letting us know about her testament of how her and her husband came into foster care and adoption and recapping how she is a math teacher and how that has basically transpired into family and everyday life. Right now, she's waiting on a book called My Patchwork Family. going to be here within a week or so. My Patchwork Family. You can check out the website at mypatchworkfamily.com. Also, mypatchworkfamily at gmail.com. I'm so excited. Waiting on the process with her. Ginger, before we go, is there any words of wisdom?
1: Biggest word of wisdom. If you're married, you and your spouse really need to be on the same page. You need to both feel strongly that this is what you want to do, because it's too hard if you're not in harmony on that. And so you kind of talked about earlier that how God had called me a few months before my husband. And so I just prayed and waited for my husband to feel the same call before we move forward, because it is so important that we both feel strongly about it. Second one is just surrounding yourself with supportive people that will speak truth to you, remind you of the victories you've had, remind you of your calling when it gets It's tough. That's going to challenge you to keep going Um, instead of just surrounding yourself with people that they probably do love you, but if things are hard, they might be like, this is just too hard. So making sure you find those people that will love you, but also challenge you. And I think also one thing that I've had to learn is that when one of my kiddos does have a really bad trauma response, that it's things they say and do, they're not really saying and doing to me based on things that have happened in the past. Even though they're screaming at me in that moment, they're really screaming at someone else I just happen to be there and so I think that's really really important and that might be for anyone who's involved in those situations that when they get into that like a fight or flight instinct everything they're saying and doing at that moment is not really to you if you can keep that in mind it makes it a lot easier
0: there's what Ginger was referring to when she said she was praying and waiting for her husband it's called intercession a lot of times when God has placed a calling especially a stirring for you to basically step out and bathe on a matter and you may very well be married or in a household with others and what she's referring to has been on a court you may have gotten a nudge but your spouse may not be there so she interceded and of course because it was a godly thing it all came together and then also like she was referring to a lot of times when the child is going through a type of trauma their past abuse emotional physical sexual just a lot of things they may have been going through prior they and themselves can't really deal with on their own but it's great to have loving homes like ginger and her husband's who understands that from a parental view but also a therapeutic view and then also having that relationship as well in your calling that helps as well Mm -hmm. because you're getting words divine words revelation and instruction ginger thank you so much for joining me again here foster my Stories listeners once again ginger bird she has a dynamic book coming out in a week or so i'm just excited as she is in my patchwork family please look forward what platform will the, the book be on for you um so once it's available you'll
1: be able to buy it straight on my website at my patchwork family Book.com. It'll also be on Amazon, but I am able to give a slight discount if people buy it right from my site because Amazon, you know, charges me a fee. So that'll be the cheapest way to get it. Um, There may be a few other, I'm working to try to get it maybe a few other places, but those are the only ones that are for sure.
0: Yes, listeners, please, please support Ginger Bird and her family and their testimonies. I'm excited for my Patchwork family to come out. I'm looking for the other projects that they're working on. Ginger, I definitely would advise you to look at to your local libraries. You get, you get mm-hmm. at some um, conferences coming up. I know May is Foster Care Awareness Month, so, but I'm excited because I know more doors is going to open for you and your family just by you taking the deep okay. So once again, this is Shalina Tate, host of Foster My Stories here with Ginger Bird. who just sounded on the calling of going into adoption and foster care. Ginger, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. And thank you so much for joining me here again today on Foster My Story. You have a dynamic rest of your day. And there you have it. I really enjoyed speaking with Ginger and hearing her testimony, which really warmed my heart. Often we hear all the statistics and loneliness that goes along with the foster adoption and orphan communities, and yet to really connect the family that has a huge heart for the call of fostering and adoption, very inspiring. You know, maybe you or your family has thought about fostering adoption or orphanages, and you're not really quite sure where to start. I suggest possibly reaching out to your local agency, maybe or adding an individual or families to your Christmas list this year, you know, maybe you have experience already and want to provide words of encouragement. If so, you can post on Foster My Stories main or group page. You know, during this time of year, I know worry and fears on the rise because of the state that we're in, but we have to take each day at a time to understand that each day is a gift. Each breath we are breathing is a gift and that you're not here by mistake, no matter how you came, whether you were, fostered adopted or orphaned or in an underserved community you have a testimony that's your gift your story is your testimony or should I say your gift is your testimony and it could go into a story it could be a dance poetry it could be music it could be cooking during this time of year there's so many needy families that's needing a hot meal and or somebody to speak to or somebody who has the compassion to say hey how are you doing neighbor we don't have to be distant even though social distance has ran rampant society we don't have to be distant we can pick up the phone send an email or a card or our time you can create a jingle for the kid next door <laughs> you can do a sing-along virtually with a group of people you can send a hot meal you know to a local shelter or to one of these families or communities in whatever capacity you feel that should I say make a effort and don't just do it because oh it's the holidays. You know a lot of times we tend to give more and be more empathetic and and have a heart as big as Jessica and her family but only during the holiday season, only during Thanksgiving, Christmas and you know for those of you who are lovey-dovey Valentine's Day but I feel we don't need to limit our love and compassion and caring to those three times out of the year it should be a 365 24-7 effort and that's why we take one day, each day at a time. Also, if you have an achievement testimony, if you serve in your local community, or if you are an expert in any of the three communities, the foster adoption orphan communities, and also underserved, of course, please send me an email at at outlook.com. That's S-H-E-L-E-N-A-T-A-T-E at outlook.com. I'd really love to chat with you and see how we can progress together. You can also find Foster My Stories episode updates and recaps via facebook.com there's also a group page there if you have any questions or concerns or would like to post your words of wisdom we also have a whatsapp app link on that Facebook page, and you can catch new episodes every Wednesday at 3 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And remember, foster, adopted, and orphan means you're simply gracefully chosen. I look forward to hanging out again with you next week at the new day and time, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the next episode, we're going to do a recap. This month has gone by so fast, and I want to ask some questions to those listeners who have been following this podcast for the whole month of December. I want to quiz you and know if you've been paying attention because if you have, your name could be pulled to receive a prize. What's that prize? Well, of course, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to tune in to find out. So if you enjoy this content, have questions, concerns, or want to post, go ahead and hit up that Foster My Stories Facebook page or email me at at outlook.com. If you want to be a featured guest, special guest, or community guest, I love to hear from you. You have a dynamic rest of your day and sharpen your listening ears because next week you will be quizzed. Have a dynamic day.